Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to help other witches find me. Don't forget, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me round the cauldron. Today we're going to be talking about superstitions. I figured that would be a good topic to cover because Friday is the 13th, Friday, March 13th. I actually posted on a couple different social media platforms that I was doing this episode and I was looking for any other superstitions that I might not have heard of. So today we're going to talk about a few of them. Now the first one that we're going to talk about is obviously why is Friday the 13th considered a day of bad luck? Before we talk about Friday the 13th, I have to define what a superstition is because, you know, if you've been here before, I like my definitions and stuff. So according to the um, Merriam-Webster dictionary, a superstition is considered a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or a false conception of causation. So yeah, we're doing this episode today because Friday is the 13th and it's supposedly a day of bad luck. So for some reason, the number 13 is considered to be unlucky. Um, I'm not sure why. I have a bunch of notes here about the different superstitions that we're going to talk about. But um, 13 is considered to be an unlucky number in at least Western culture or most Western culture. Um, I know it goes as far as sometimes buildings that are tall that have multiple stories. If they have a 13th floor they actually will omit the number 13 and go from 12 to 14. So they technically don't have a 13th floor. It goes from the 12th floor to the 14th floor because of the superstition that 13 is an unlucky number. There are also two really long words that have been developed to describe the fear of Friday the 13th, and I'm going to attempt to say them. For those watching on YouTube, I'll put them up here on a screen. Podcast listeners, they will be in the show notes. But the first one is um, Periscavadecatriophobia. <laughs> that is a terrible word. Um, and the other one is Frigatriscadecophobia. And those are two words that have been created to really describe the the fear of Friday the 13th. But... I wanted to know where the superstition really came from. Because in my house, Friday the 13th isn't considered unlucky. It isn't considered bad. Um, And my mom was actually born on a Friday the 13th. Uh, Her birthday is in September. She was actually born on September 13th and it was a Friday. So for her, she considers it to be a lucky day because it's her birthday. A lot of the theories about the superstition of Friday the 13th actually go back to biblical times. And this is because there were 13 people at the Last Supper, which was on a Thursday. And then subsequently, the next day, Friday, um, was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It is also believed by some that Friday the 13th is the day that Eve gave Adam the apple in the book of Genesis, and it is also believed that Cain killed Abel on a Friday the 13th. 
Now, uh, we can't really prove any of those, um, as far as I know, but those are some of the biblical theories for Friday the 13th being uh, a superstitious day or a day of bad luck. Uh, there are two other theories that I have written down in my notes here, and the first one is that the superstition from Friday the 13th actually comes from a book titled Friday the 13th, and that was written by someone named Thomas Lawson in 1907. Now, according to what I could find on the book, because obviously I haven't read it myself, um, it is about a Wall Street broker, so someone who works in the stock market, who essentially causes a panic on a Friday the 13th in the stock market. He causes a panic on Wall Street and takes advantage of the fact that everyone is superstitious of Friday the 13th. There is also the less likely theory that comes from further back. This theory is that Friday the 13th became an unlucky day when King Philip IV of France actually arrested hundreds of the Knights Templar, and that supposedly happened on October 13th, uh, 1307. Yeah, October 13th, 1307. Um, but that is a less likely theory, according to those who study superstitions and look into the history of them. But what's interesting to me is that while in the United States, at least, um, Friday the 13th is considered to be a day of bad luck. That actually differs depending on the country that you're talking about outside of the United States. So according to some sources, in Spanish-speaking countries, Tuesday the 13th is considered to be bad luck. I couldn't really find out any more information on why, so if you know why, go ahead and leave that in the comments below or... Um, podcast listeners go to the show notes page for this episode and you can leave it in the comments there. Or if it's completely wrong or if you've never heard of it, I'd like to know that too. Um, so I also have written here that um, in Greek culture, possibly modern Greek culture, but I couldn't find a definite date range for this particular subject. Um, it's believed that Tuesday is an unlucky day because it's the day ruled by Ares, the god of war and strategy in the Greek pantheon. It didn't say anything about numbers, just that Tuesday is considered an unlucky day because it's ruled by Ares. Now, the last one that I have here is um, in Italian pop culture, and Laura, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um... It's believed that Friday the 17th is bad luck because the Roman numeral for 17, X-V-I-I, can be rewritten as Vixi, V-X-I, V-I-X-I, which translates to I have lived, which is a bad omen and uh, represents death in the present. So I'm not sure how accurate that is because I don't live in Italy. Laura, if you want to correct me if you've ever heard of that, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Let me know so I can add it. Um, but that's basically the superstition of Friday the 13th. Yeah, so based on all of that information, Friday the 13th is it's just another day. Um, it can hold superstition for some people, and that's fine. For some people, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where they believe that the day is bad luck. They go into their day believing that it's bad luck, and so then they subsequently have bad luck all day long. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with the day or the number in general, but that's just my personal belief. 
Another really, really common superstition involves black cats. I'm a cat person. I love cats, and I know many of my friends are cat people as well. And this is one that someone mentioned on my Facebook page. And it's another superstition that's going to vary depending on the culture that you're talking about. So I found a couple different ideas, but I want to talk about the idea of black cats being bad luck in America first, in the United States. And we can speculate that the superstition behind black cats being bad omens actually comes from when the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock. They brought their puritanical and very strict beliefs with them. And so anything that was dark was considered negative or bad or of the devil. So they associated black cats with being either messengers of the devil, messengers of witches, or witches themselves. They believed that witches could transform themselves into a black cat, and that's how they would um, present themselves, essentially, so that they wouldn't be caught. Now, in other cultures, it's completely different. There are some cultures who are the complete opposite, and black cats are actually a sign of good luck. Now, in Scottish lore, as far as I've read, it's considered a sign of good luck and prosperity when a strange black cat shows up at your house. Now, in Celtic mythology, there is the myth and the story of the cat she. Now, uh, the cat she was thought to be a witch who could also transform into a large black cat. It is said that the cat she could steal the souls of those who have died by passing over their grave before the gods could claim them. On Samhain, it was common to leave an offering of milk out for the cat she to drink and get, uh, and to receive the cat she's blessing. Those that didn't leave milk out for the cat she were said to have been cursed to have all their cow's milk dry up. So that goes along with Celtic mythology, and that's in both Ireland and Scotland, as far as I've read. Um, so in that case, the cat she is not necessarily a good omen or a bad omen. The cat she is a being that could transform into a black cat. So in this case, it's a little bit of both. So maybe the cat she is claiming a soul. Maybe on Samhain, you forgot to leave milk out for the cat she and now all of your cow's milk is going to dry up and you're not going to have any milk. Um, so in that case, it's a bit of both. And then I did read somewhere that in Britain and in Japan, um, black cats are considered good luck and that if a woman owns a black cat, it is said that she is going to have many suitors in her life. Um, and all of the links for these will all be in the description and in the show notes below in case you want to go read about more of these superstitions and the history behind them. Now, there's also this idea of knocking on wood to ward off bad luck. So, this would be the equivalent of saying something like, don't say that, you're going to jinx it, right? And then you knock on wood. Um, I'm not sure if that's a worldwide thing. I know growing up, even still sometimes today, um, we would say that in in my house. And this one actually has a different counterpart in another part of the world that I'll talk about in a minute. Knocking or touching wood doesn't have an agreed upon explanation for where it came from. Uh, some people believe that it dates back to ancient pagan and Celtic times when people were very animistic and they believed that trees and wood really held spirits 
and um, energies and beings. And so they would knock on wood to sort of rouse the spirit and ask them for um, good luck or to ask them for their protection. There is a British folklorist, though, named Steve Roud, I believe is how you say their name. Um, They trace the practice back to a children's game called Tiggy Touchwood. And it was apparently a type of tag where if you were touching anything that was made of wood, so a door or even a tree itself, you were considered safe and you couldn't be tagged. And I have a quote here um, from their claim. Given that the game was concerned with protection and was well known to adults as well as children, it is almost certainly the origin of our modern superstitious practice of saying touch wood. The claim that the latter goes back to when we believed in tree spirits is complete nonsense. So you can see it's really not agreed upon whether it comes from ancient pagan times when trees were believed to help, uh, when trees were believed to hold spirits, or if it comes from a children's game of tag, like a lot of our stuff actually comes from children's stuff, like Ring Around the Rosie. Um, But on the other side of that, in Italy, they don't touch wood, they touch iron. And shout out to Laura for this one. I will leave their link in the description below because they have a YouTube channel as well. Um, They told me about this thing that they do in Italy of touching iron to warn off bad luck. And this is what reminded me of knocking on wood. So I looked this one up further and it appears that this idea of touching iron to not tempt fate comes from the Middle Ages. Now this is because in the Middle Ages, horseshoes were often nailed to front doors and homes to ward off witches and the devil. And this custom developed from another superstition that said the devil could not enter a place where a horseshoe was hanging. Now let's talk about the idea of ladders. I don't think this one was ever really an issue for me growing up. Um, The superstition being that you aren't supposed to walk under a ladder or it's bad luck. And so what I mean by walk under a ladder is like a ladder is leaning up against a building and you walk underneath the ladder, between the ladder and the building. Um, Again, for this superstition, there are some that believe that it comes from biblical like a biblical meaning. For others, it is just common sense um, not to walk under a ladder because you could get hurt, the ladder could fall, something could fall on you. Um, And I think that maybe it just became a superstition because maybe parents were telling their kids, don't walk under the ladder, and kids weren't listening. So they said, don't walk under the ladder or you'll have bad luck. Um, However accurate that is, I don't know. But as a parent, that sounds like something that would happen. The one biblical reason for not walking underneath a ladder comes from the idea of the Trinity. And if you're not familiar with Christianity, the Trinity in Christian faiths is typically the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Trinity is three. Um, Leaning a ladder up against a wall and the ground creates a triangle, which is a Trinity. So they believed that walking underneath a ladder broke the trinity and would cause you to have bad luck. There are two other theories that I have listed here for the history of why you shouldn't walk under a ladder besides the fact that it's not safe. And the first one dates back to medieval times when ladders 
used to very closely resemble the gallows. So it was thought that you should not walk under a ladder because it was bad luck because the ladder was a symbol and synonymous with the gallows. The other one that I found comes from Egypt, as far as I'm aware, and says that you should never walk under a ladder because you might accidentally see a god climbing up or climbing down. I don't know why that would be bad luck. Maybe the gods don't like it. I'm not sure. But that is another theory that I found on why you should not walk underneath the ladder. I I like my theory uh, that it was a way for parents to keep their children safe by telling them, hey, don't do that or it's bad luck. Um, but I don't know how true that is. Another one that I always heard as a kid and that I have been guilty of telling my daughter is that it is unlucky to open an umbrella in the house. I have no idea why. It's just something that I was told as a kid, so it's something that I told my own child. But looking into it and the history of umbrellas and how they used to be made, I think the reason that it was unlucky is because chances are if you opened an umbrella indoors back when umbrellas were like very... I don't know. They're not as nice as they are today. Um, the chances of you breaking something or hurting someone were extremely high. And I have a, a quote here that I found um, online, and I'll leave the link in the description below, that sort of explains why opening an umbrella back then was a bad idea. So it says, in Extraordinary Origins of Everyday Things, written by someone named Harper in 1989, the scientist and author Charles Panatti wrote, In 18th century London, when metal-spoked waterproof umbrellas began to become a common rainy day sight, their stiff, clumsy spring mechanism made them veritable hazards to open indoors. A rigidly-spoked umbrella, opening suddenly in a small room, could seriously injure an adult or child or shatter a fragile object. Even a minor accident could provoke unpleasant words or a minor quarrel, themselves strokes of bad luck in a family or among friends. Thus, the superstition arose as a deterrent to opening an umbrella indoors. So that seems very, very likely. Um, again, with my theory on the superstition about ladders, it probably came about as a deterrent to keep people safe. I've never really believed in the superstition of ladders and the umbrella one was just, you know, it's something that I was told as a kid. So it's something that I continued, but it makes a lot of sense. Another superstition that is extremely common is the idea of spilling salt. Um, I, I haven't seen it as often, but it is said that if you spill salt, you need to throw some salt over your left shoulder or bad luck will follow you. So according to some of the sources that I found, spilling salt has been considered unlucky for thousands of years. Um, around 3500 uh, BCE, the ancient Sumerians first took to nullifying the bad luck of spilled salt by throwing a pinch of it over their left shoulders. This ritual spread to the Egyptians, the Assyrians, and later the Greeks. The superstition ultimately reflects, it says, how much people prized salt as a seasoning for food. According to Panati, the same author um, from the Umbrella Superstition, the Roman writer Petronius in the Satyricon originated not worth his salt as opprobium for Roman soldiers who were given special allowances for salt rations called salarium, salt money, the origin of our word salary. I couldn't really find why this would be 
considered bad luck other than the fact that salt historically was considered a prized possession because of its use in seasoning and its use in um, preserving meats and food. Other than that, I can't really think of why spilling salt would be bad luck other than the fact that it's bad luck you spilled it because now you have to clean it up. Another one that someone mentioned to me on Facebook, it's really funny because they mentioned it to me and right before I got the notification um, that they had said something, I had actually done this. And this is the idea of not leaving your purse on the floor. So for anyone that doesn't carry a purse, I'm sorry, this one might not apply to you, but it's good practice anyways. So the idea of leaving your purse on the floor is considered bad luck. And it comes from, as far as I've been able to find, um, feng shui practices. And I have something here that was written by someone named Catherine Ashby, who is a certified feng shui consultant. And they said that there's an old Chinese proverb that states a purse on the floor is money out the door. Your money, checkbook, and credit cards are usually in your purse and putting them on the floor shows disrespect for the order of things and disregard for your wealth and money. You wouldn't think of putting your bag of gold on the floor, would you? So it's the idea that you put your purse on the floor and you just, you just don't care. So purse on the floor, money out the door. And that's something that I have been doing for as long as I've carried a purse because it's something that I grew up with as an old wives tale. But besides the superstition, it's a really good idea not to put your purse on the floor anyway because the the floor is a dirty place. Um, There's germs, there's dirt, and then you leave your purse exposed. And if you're like me and you put it on the floor, your chance of forgetting it wherever you are goes up. So just for fun, I have some other superstitions here that were given to me by a friend of mine. And these came from his mother-in-law. And as far as I know, I could be wrong, but his in-laws and his, his husband are from an Asian country. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, but these superstitions could either be cultural or they could be personal to his mother-in-law. But I just thought they would be really fun to read off because I'm not familiar with the cultures and I like to learn new things. So the first one that he told me is that when his daughter was born, he learned of a superstition in Vietnam. And it's a jinx to celebrate an infant's birth until one to two months after birth. He said that the superstition derived from their history when living conditions were so poor that the likelihood of infants surviving past the first few months was kind of iffy. He also says that in their Asian culture, they believe mounting a hexagon mirror above the door outside their front door reflects bad juju from entering the home. He also says that when their first house was being built... His mother-in-law had them put coins into the joints of the lumber during the stud phase of the house being built to bring them wealth and financial success. He says she also has another superstition where when you walk into a house for the first time, you have to carry a bag of sugar and a bag of rice during your first step or else you will be cursed. Now, these two, he didn't give any sort of background because I don't think he is familiar with whether it's a cultural superstition or just a personal one of his mother-in-law's. And uh, the last one that he said that comes from his mother-in-law is that if an owl perches on your house, then someone in your home will soon die. 
didn't give any reference for that one either on the history, but that one reminds me of one that my Nana told me when I was growing up. I have always loved willow trees. I just think they're beautiful and I just, I just love them. But she told me that she would never have a willow tree on her property or at her house or in her yard or anything like that because she held a superstition that if you have a willow tree in your yard or on your property and it dies, then someone in your family is soon to follow. And again, I couldn't find any information on that superstition, but I, even as a kid, I just tossed that one out the window because it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't hold true for me, I guess. But that is a personal superstition that she held. So sometimes superstitions can be cultural. Sometimes the superstitions can be personal. Sometimes they can be just family superstitions. But regardless, a lot of our societal things that go on play, like superstitions play a role in them. And it's really interesting when you sit down and you look at it. Like we may think that black cats being a, being bad luck is not a widely accepted superstition. But if you look at the statistics in animal shelters for black cats that aren't being adopted, you can clearly see a correlation. Now, correlation is not causation, but it does give you food for thought that some things that are going on in the world today may still be caused or at least influenced in part by one superstition or another. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, stay tuned. Make, make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. Make sure that you are following the podcast if you listen on um, if you listen to the podcast because I do plan on talking about a heavier topic next week and that is the idea of um, knowing how to curse in order to heal. And it's going to be a heavy topic and I am excited to talk about it and I can't wait. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following me on all of my social media. All the links are in the description and in the show notes. And I will talk to you next time. Bye for now.